Welcome to the Ripened Heart Podcast, where we explore the depths of the human psyche through the lens of homeopathy, human design, and astrology for soul-deep healing. Each episode will feature vulnerable and thought-provoking conversations, highlighting healing modalities that help us shift our perspective on what it means to be a healthy and fulfilled human being in today's world. I'm your host, Kaylee Anello. Let's dive into the podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ripened Heart Podcast. I'm here with Erin Steiner today, who I'm so, so excited to talk with. Um, I had been thinking about a topic for a few weeks now that I really wanted to address, and I thought it would be fun to bring in um, a fellow homeopath to discuss it. And the topic that we're going to be talking about today is why diagnosis means something very different to us as homeopaths. Uh, Sometimes diagnoses can be a helpful label, you know, they can fit you into a category. A lot of times, you know, in conventional medicine, they dictate what kind of treatment plan that you're going to get. But in homeopathy, we don't care so much about the diagnosis as we care about how you specifically are presenting your symptoms. And we're going to dive into this um, a lot more. But first, I just wanted to introduce Aaron. Um, So he is a professional homeopath practicing in the Virginia suburbs of Washington, D.C. He's been seeing patients for over a year as he's finishing up at the School of Homeopathy. And so he primarily uses Zoom to see patients all around the world. And he has a specific interest in working with children, teens, and adults who wish to be free of anxiety, depression, ADHD, and chronic physical complaints like asthma, arthritis, and allergies. So he's really covering a great cluster of symptoms that you know are so, so common today, unfortunately. And so before he was a homeopath, he actually spent 15 years working in the nonprofit sector. He holds his master's in nonprofit studies from Arizona State University and still works on social justice related projects. So Welcome, Aaron. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited and happy to be here. Yeah, so I always love to start off with uh, talking about your homeopathy origin story. I feel like it's always so interesting how people come across homeopathy, tends to be a bit of an underground network of people. You know, homeopathy can be hard to come across these days. So how did you get interested in homeopathy? Yeah, that's a great question. I, like many people, homeopathy found me. Mm -hmm. I didn't find homeopathy. We have uh, a son who at the time uh, was nine years old and was dealing with a variety of uh, health-related issues, primarily some emotional disturbances, anxiety, and depression. And we had gone at the time the conventional medicine route and our son was on I think two or three different anti-anxiety and depression medications and um, it just didn't seem like they were really curative in any way they were um, sort of taking the we always my wife and I always said that the those medications seem to take the edge off they seem to sort of tamp down the symptoms but Um, It was always the idea that the dose was going to increase over time, just an expectation that there'd always be an increased dose over time, and that he would likely be on these medications for the rest of his life. And and then there was the side effects too, you know, there was weight gain and um, other side effects and, you know, regular blood tests to make sure that the medications weren't affecting his liver and kidney. And um, I, I just had this like, thought in the back of my head somewhere that there had to be something different out there, something that was curative and something that um, didn't come with all the side effects. And I I still remember to this day, I was in a coffee shop and I ran into a former coworker of mine um, in the nonprofit sector. And she was 
at the time raising funds for the Southwest College of Naturopathic Medicine and just ran into her, hadn't seen her in several months. And uh, we got into a conversation and she said, you have to see this doctor at the college. He specializes in working with kids and he uses homeopathy and um, you should just, you know, go see him for a visit and see how it works. And so I started taking our son um, to see this, this doctor. He's a naturopath who um, had a specialty in, in homeopathy. And um, he started our son on a remedy. And the funny thing is the first thing that we noticed was different was that our son's feet stopped stinking, <laughs> which I'm sure if he heard me say that now, he would, he would kill me. But that was like, we didn't even go in with the idea of like, let's cure his stinky feet. But um, it turns out, you know, that was part of his overall symptom picture. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, fast forward a couple years later, and we were able to take him off of all of those psychotropic medications. And, you know, this is now, nine years ago and he's a he's a thriving teenager and he's a teenager but he's a thriving teenager and doing great in high school and um i mentioned when we were talking earlier that our family was uh took a year off and traveled the world and there's no way we could have done that if he was still on those medications and still struggling with the issues he was struggling with um and i really credit homeopathy uh so then i started seeing a homeopath and we started treating acutes at home with homeopathy and, and the story just kind of rolls on from there. So it's been quite the journey and I feel incredibly blessed to have homeopathy in our lives. Yeah, it really is such a blessing. And I just want to echo back, like that is not an easy thing to go through with your son and to, you know, have kind of had divine intervention in a way of this friend coming in and saying, Hey, there, there might be another way to do this. And that you were open-minded enough to try it. You know, that's such a beautiful thing because, you know, it, it, it's not in everybody's, you know, some sometimes when you're on a specific path with treatment, especially when it's your child and it's such a delicate thing, it can be really hard to take a risk like that. And so that's kind of part of the reason I do this podcast is to open up the world of homeopathy to people. So it's not this foreign a complicated, you know, subject and something that can really be curative for people and for so many things. And I find that so interesting. Thank you for sharing about his feet, because it's, it's just saying that this remedy is really working on the whole person, you know, maybe his body was trying to get out some sort of toxicity through his feet, you know, it's a detox organ. And so if, if something is smelly, it, it's usually a sign that the body is, is trying to get something out and it's backed up and that impacts the whole body, the mental state, other physical things. And so it's just beautiful that it worked on him entirely and in the direction that the body needed most. So that, that's what's so amazing about homeopathy is that it's going to work on the whole person, even if you didn't intend on it to, you know, you came in for a very specific thing and it's like, oh, I guess, you know, that was also um, troubling him and we didn't even think about it because it's pretty minor, you know, and the whole body is now back in balance and that's so beautiful. Um, and it's, it's really interesting. So your son's journey, I'm curious, was it something where he found the remedy right away or did he have to go through layers with it or, or what was that like for him? Yeah, um, we, he was able to hit on a remedy pretty quickly with him. And um, the thing that I appreciated about the homeopath that we were seeing is there wasn't um, uh, the idea of taking our son off of the prescription conventional psychotropic medications was a process that we went through over time, but there wasn't ever like, well, you need to stop doing that and just do homeopathy. You know, it was that you could use these two things concurrently. um, And that even with the action of the, um, the psychotropic, you know, um, conventional medication that the remedy 
because it was addressing him at a deeper level would still have a curative action and mm -hmm. that we could over time take him off of these um, medications, but that it wasn't a requirement that you could use the two concurrently. And I think, you know, when you talk about sort of the ability to accept a different modality or, or experiment with a different modality, I think that was really important to us at the time. And, um, and it was amazing to see um, how the remedy was acting on him on a deeper level. Um, and the other thing that I've always appreciated about homeopathy is that with, the, as I mentioned, with the, you know, the anti-anxiety medications and antidepressants, there was this idea that like, well, he's sort of broken in this way and he's never really going to be fixed in this way. He'll probably need to be on these medications for the rest of his life um, versus the homeopathic approaches. No, like homeopathy can have a, a curative effect on a deeper level and, and in fact, you know, it's kind of funny now being on the other end of it as a homeopath, I often think like I'm putting myself out of business because I don't want a person to be on a remedy for the rest of their lives, right. you know, like maybe they'll need the support of a remedy if they go through like an acute illness or a crisis situation. But, you know, the idea is, is that at a certain point, you'll, you'll be at such a level of health that you won't need the support of the remedy. Right. Um, and, um, and that it's really the remedy isn't, the remedy is just a signal to your life force. The remedy is just trying to send you in a direction of healing. And once you kind of have that direction, you don't need the remedy anymore. Yeah. It kind of sparks it. It, it reminds your body of how to do it because, you know, it's, it's always interesting. I, I love that homeopathy can still reach through, like you said, even with prescription medications. I mean, a lot of the patients that um, I shadow, um, they're on a lot of medication. It's just very common because, you know, we're, we're in a world that's increasingly sick, unfortunately, you know, out of balance. And it's incredible, you know, somebody will be on, you know, six, seven medications, been in pain for 20 years, and the remedy still reaches through all of that. Whereas the world that I came from um, in natural health before I basically just stuck with classical homeopathy was that you had to detox all of these medications out. And there was a lot of suffering involved through that process where, you know, you would have to go on a lot of supplements and detox protocols and sweat it out and do all these things that were not only really expensive, but caused a lot of reactions in people um, that they had to go through. It wasn't a gentle process at all. It was very difficult. And then with homeopathy, it's like, you know, you, you don't have to rock the boat. You don't have to shock the system. The body knows how to heal itself. It just needs that initial spark, that reminder, that, that thing that's going to cover their symptom picture so that it can gently heal, you know, without that, that excruciating process that's years and years, because, you know, I, I think that's a problem with kind of both sides of medicine right now, conventional and natural is that there's, there's um, kind of a lifelong client kind of thing where it's like, you got to detox the next thing or do this. And it's not to criticize it at all. It's just a different way of looking at it. And the people that I see in my own journey is that there's a subset of the population that has very sensitive system that does a lot better with the homeopathic approach. It's not so jarring on the body. And so I love that the remedies can reach through the layers and heal regardless of, you know, all the suppression that's taken place over a lifetime with other medications and, and treatments. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, um, well, and, you know, on the topic I was thinking too, when you were talking about the topic of diagnosis too, and, and not trying to, um, you know, criticize like the other systems of medicine, because I think they, you know, each system of medicine has its place. And, 
you know, just in the same way that our bodies get out of balance for whatever reason, it, it could be that in our society right now, we're out of balance in how we use the various systems of medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like there, there are um, remedies, for example, for broken bones, you know, but if someone breaks a leg, I probably am still going to send them to the emergency room for conventional treatment. You know, right. there is a place for conventional treatment. And in the same way, like when thinking about the idea of, of diagnosis, you know, there is, I think, uh, a pro, we were talking a little bit about this before, there's a, a pro in a diagnosis, a, a diagnosis, let's say, of anxiety or fibromyalgia can make a person feel like suddenly they're part of a community. They're not alone, Mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, I know there's other people out there who have anxiety and and that makes me feel like I'm not alone. Or I know there's other people out there who, you know, have ADHD or or whatever the case may be. I I think that the, the con is that it gets overused you know that yeah. that and and that the patient becomes a sum of diagnoses you know yes. they become um oh i have a diagnosis of anxiety so i go see a, a psychiatrist who can prescribe my anti-anxiety medication and then i'm also a diagnosis of you know arthritis so i go see a different yeah. doctor and i go see another doctor for my kidney issues that are probably caused by my other medications, but yeah, it's a cascading I, effect. Yeah. And it's a fragmenting effect. It's, it's, we're not looking at the person as a whole person in the same way that I'd never thought like my son's stinky feet could be addressed by the same remedy that's addressing his anxiety. You know, I, I would look at those as like two separate issues that aren't related at all. And And that's what I love about homeopathy is that when someone comes to see a homeopath, the homeopath is is treating them as an individual and Mm -hmm. not a diagnosis. They're treating Mm -hmm. them as a person and they're looking at all of their symptoms, their mental and emotional symptoms, their physical symptoms, how they relate to the world Mm -hmm. um, and working to restore them to whole health, you know, if I find a remedy for someone in it and it and it maybe helps their digestive disturbance, but it doesn't do anything for their anger, then I haven't found the best remedy for that individual, for that person. Absolutely. And I think the other con that's coming to mind that's kind of interwoven into the pro of community in a diagnosis is that for some diagnoses, um, you know, some of the more minor ones, that is a comfort. But then if you get like certain labels that have like a scary connotation to them, it kind of like shuts down your hope of ever healing. And because, you know, we have a certain prognosis that we've agreed upon in society for certain diseases like cancer or um, MS or Parkinson's or, you know, these more serious diseases. And the truth is, is that your body can always heal. Does everybody heal hundred percent? No, but what I really admired um, in watching my mentor work with people is that he doesn't flinch when people come in with these serious ailments. He has the same level of hope and optimism that he has with somebody who's coming in for a headache that they get with, you know, PMS, something that's not so serious he keeps that level of hope for them and the healing that takes place for people who, you know, just have a glimpse of hope, a glimmer that life can be better. Life can be more pain-free that somebody's not turning them away or scaring the crap out of them because they have a certain set of symptoms. It's been really healing for me to witness too, because, you know, I come from a family that's had serious ailments I've had quite a healing journey myself where, you know, it, it, it scares you, you, you lose hope. And then when you find something like homeopathy, it's like, oh, they're, they're not going to treat me any differently than somebody who has less serious ailments. And, and then you can kind of divorce yourself from that label. The label doesn't own you anymore. 
because there's always hope and there's always um, a way to heal. There's always a way to move forward. And that's just something that I've always really, really appreciated about homeopathy in particular and in other areas of natural medicine too, that, you know, this is just a signal from the body. This is just a cluster of symptoms that we've labeled out of convenience. You know, something I've been thinking about is how there are certain labels that have the same exact umbrella of symptoms, but one person diagnoses you with chronic fatigue syndrome. One person will diagnose you with Lyme's. Another person will say you have fibromyalgia. Another person will say you need to detox your heavy metals. And so you kind of like, I, I've seen people who spin in circles over this and they try to find this one cause of their symptoms. It's like, they go after the heavy metals and they go after the parasites and they go after this or that. And it's this like endless rabbit hole that they get themselves into that sometimes can bring the body more out of balance because there is a reason for all of those layers of adaptation that the body went through. And so, you know, when you go to a homeopath, it's like the labels are helpful in a sense sometimes um, because it can kind of you know, bring certain remedy groups to mind, like, oh, lanthanides are really good for autoimmunity, you know, or et cetera. And so um, you can kind of narrow down the remedies a little bit because, you know, in homeopathy, we have like thousand plus remedies at this point. <laughs> You've got to narrow it down somehow. Um, but from there, it's like, we want to know, okay, so you say you have a headache, um, numbness in your hands or whatever you're presenting with that you got this label of MS, but how do you specifically experience it? Because if we get 50 people in a room that were diagnosed with MS, none of them are gonna present in the same way. They may have a similar cluster of symptoms, but one person is gonna experience it more in the summertime. Another person is gonna experience it more with digest, digestive issues, you know, at the same time as their numbness or whatever it may be. And then the other thing is everybody's going to have a different point of onset. There's going to be a different thing that tipped the bucket that made their body finally express that severity of symptoms. And so in homeopathy, we look at that was after the death of a loved one. Um, were you scared about, you know, your, your children leaving home and you not being needed anymore as a mom? And that's when it kind of set in all of these things we consider so that we're addressing why the body is actually expressing the symptom, not just telling the body to shut up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I was thinking about, uh, a case of, um, a nine-year-old boy that I, I've been working with. And I think it illustrates what you're talking about really well. And um, he, uh, his mom brought him to me because he was experiencing anxiety uh, and also um, had a, a diagnosis of ADHD for um, some of those uh, symptoms. And, um, and I'll talk a little bit about his symptoms and how he experiences those symptoms. But what I find interesting is that the medications for um, anxiety often cause concentration issues. The, the side effects of an ADHD medication or of an anxiety medication are often mm -hmm. concentration issues, which is a symptom of ADHD. And the ADHD medications often cause as a side effect, anxiety. So that's <laughs> another thing that happens with the, the diagnosis and the fragmentation of an, of an individual into their diagnosis is that they then um, go see separate specialists mm -hmm. who give them separate medications um, to treat that you know separate fragmented part of them that often have side effects that will actually uh, make the symptoms of another part of them worse. And mm -hmm. so you have these, you know, two medications that are working at cross purposes mm -hmm. uh, because we're not looking at that, that patient as an individual. 
So for this nine-year-old boy, you know, his anxiety issues were things like, um, you know, he would see figures at night, he would hear voices at night, um, he'd wake up uh, screaming, you know, uh, trouble falling asleep, would want to go into his mom and dad's bed, and um, he would fear thunderstorms, he would have um he would fear that the, his house would flood he'd also ha had these um anxious thoughts about things falling from the sky airplanes or tree limbs falling from the sky and he was easily startled by loud noises and and for conventional medicine all of those various symptoms get lumped into the diagnosis of anxiety mm -hmm. for a homeopath those are all individualizing symptoms that that help us select the remedy and mm -hmm. um and same with it you know his adhd symptoms he's easily distracted but um he would get overwhelmed when he would have a huge assignment in front of him and he would start to worry that the other kids in the classroom were getting the assignment done um, and that he wouldn't get it all done in time and he would get in trouble. And, um, and then he would start to have trembling in his chest and legs and, and he'd hear voices that he, he can't do it. You know, I can't do it. I'm, I'm stupid. I can't do it. And, um, and the same thing he would, when he would, get ready to go to gymnastics, he would have these same voices that would show up in his head about, I'm not good enough and I can't do it. And so um, he wouldn't want to leave the house to go to gymnastics. And so again, you know, these distraction issues um, all get lumped into ADHD, right? And, but there's all these individualizing symptoms underneath that diagnosis that make him who he is, you know, and and that's the, the remedy that we're looking to find is it, it matches with who he is. But what I found really interesting about his, his case is that I would, I would ask him to describe the experience in his body when these various things would happen. And, and what I found um, is that there's a similar experience in his body where he would, he would, he would make this clenching motion with his hands and his his shoulders and his arms would turn in on themselves and clench really tight. Um, and that he said it was like he was getting scrunched and squeezed. And he said it, it would make him want to twist his arms and his wrists back and forth. And, and that it, it would make his body ache and he would get scared because he's, he's clenched and achy and hurting and, 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 you know, wouldn't want to, leave the house because he's so scared or wouldn't want to work on the assignment. And, you know, he, what he really wanted was to get good grades and, and do a good job. And he would try breathing exercises and he was on these medications, but they just didn't help like this scrunching, squeezing uh, sensation that he would have in his body. They, they didn't help that go away. Um, and so you know, that's the kind of thing that makes him an, an individual. It's that, like you said very uh, well earlier, it's his experience in the moment of anxiety or distraction. What is his experience in his body and in his emotions and is his, in his mind? Um, and that's what individualizes him. And that's what helps us in those 2000 plus remedies mm -hmm. to find the individual remedy. And the remedy that I um, found for him was uh, the homeopathic remedy borax, which oh. is, which is a mineral remedy. Um, and as you mentioned, there's, it's, it's one of probably 500 remedies that are indicated for anxiety. Mm -hmm. um, and it's one of a different 500 that are, um, recommended for uh, tension and concentration issues. And so there's probably 250 of those remedies that overlap. And so it's like, how can I keep going deeper and deeper? And mm -hmm. what's interesting is that patients needing borax, they, they often describe a desire to assume this fetal position mm -hmm. during these anxious episodes. And they express fears of, of 
natural disasters and they there's in borax there's these wonderful descriptions of um this this sensation of things coming down from above um and that related to his fears of things you know falling um from the sky or thunderstorms or or natural disasters um and they often feel overwhelmed by tasks which seem too big and they respond by this clenching up into themselves and pulling into themselves in it and it's this fear of life being too much to handle and so they they're self-critical and they want to retreat into a safe place um whether it's you know if it's an adult they want to just retreat into their home or a safe place or or for him he's a nine-year-old he'd often want to go to be in his parents bed you know that was his um safe place so it's it's a wonderful match on that experience of life so again you start with this very wide diagnosis of adhd and anxiety and it does like you said it points you in a direction mm -hmm. but what's underneath the anxiety what is his and and you know as a homeopath I'm not so concerned. Like, I don't maybe know what's caused him to have this experience. Um, but I know that this is his experience. And if I can find a remedy that matches his experience, then that's when we can see the transformation and the cure. And um, so for him, you know, very quickly, his night terrors ameliorated. Like, he falls asleep very easily, doesn't see figures at night, doesn't hear voices at night, you know, no phantoms coming out of the window, um, much less startled by loud noises, um, significant reduction in any expression of fears of things falling out of the sky. Um, he's completing assignments on time. His teacher isn't reporting that he's having any issues. Um, He's much less self-critical, you know, I, and, and what's, what you'll see often in homeopathy is a few months later, you'll at, you know, at a follow-up or a couple follow-ups later, you'll say, I'll say to like his mom, well, does he ever say like, I'm stupid or I can't do it? And she'll say, you know, he hasn't, I even forgot that was a symptom, you know, <laughs> like, because it just, it clears and it goes away and it's not mm -hmm. part of their experience anymore. Um, and, um, and, you know, much better daytime energy, less restless at night. So just all of these, you know, from a single remedy and, and, you know, for him, um, I started out at the 1M potency and um, increased to the 10M potency once a month for, um, he's been in treatment for, I think about eight to 10 months and just really shown significant improvements. And, um, you know, Hahnemann, who was the founder of homeopathy, you know, his perspective was that we don't have to know like what that core disturbance was, that if you extinguish the symptoms, you've extinguished the core disturbance. And, you know, I just really think that for this young boy that he really is going to be on a path of like much more freedom to live his life as he wants to live his life because we've helped to you know significantly reduce these limitations things that were holding him back from you know really enjoying life so um so I, I think that's an example that sort of demonstrates this idea of like a diagnosis versus like an individual yeah wow what a beautiful case and just amazing his turnaround and how you know, it shows how the body is so intelligent and how it expresses symptoms. It's doing it for a reason in a very specific way. It's, it's just calling for balance. And, you know, that, that is kind of what I do like about homeopathy is that you don't necessarily have to go on this guessing game rabbit hole. Uh, like I was kind of talking about earlier, you can just trust what's on the surface and treat what's on the surface. And, that's why, you know, another thing I've been thinking about is there's a lot of natural interventions that tend to mask or cover up symptoms. Um, things like even like tea tree oil or 
um, biocides, as we call them, thing, things that kind of kill things or quiet things down, um, that, you know, as uncomfortable as symptoms can be, it's actually a really, really good idea to let those things express because that's our hint as to what you were saying, that the core disturbance is actually going away. So, you know, if, if we're constantly taking things that mask or cover up the symptoms, it's going to be really, really hard to know when we've gotten to that core and we've uprooted that core disturbance so that we're not going to express something else later down the line. Because the more that we push the symptoms into the body, the more they're kind, they'll kind of rear their ugly heads in ways that are going to get our attention and be more painful potentially. And so I think that that's, that's something that I really wanted to uh, drive home as well today in this podcast is to just be mindful. You know, it's, it's not a judgment at all. It's, it's just being mindful of the little things that we do on a daily basis that are suppressing and covering up discomfort. You know, how can we move through that and how can we address the root cause with something like homeopathy so that we don't have to do that? You know, the body is trying to express something to you for a reason. And so, um, and it's kind of just based on our culture, right? You know, it's like, I know growing up, you know, when I was in the more conventional side of things, um, you just reach for the coffee or you just reach for the Tylenol, you just automatically knee jerk to cover up your symptoms, Claritin and allergy season, you know, it's just a way of life in our culture with, with the introduction of pharmaceutical drugs. And while they serve a place, it's like, I think we just really need to shift our perspective on symptoms and um, why our body is expressing them. It's, it's not just to be annoying <laughs> or to give us a hard time. Um, it, it's trying to tell us something early on so that they don't snowball into something down the road that's more serious. Do you have any thoughts on that, Aaron? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, um, I think that's very well said. And um, what's amazing about homeopathy and... Um, is that that clearing happens in such a gentle way. You know, when I first started um, studying homeopathy and, and began thinking of um, symptoms in a different paradigm as a signal of a disturbance rather than something that needs to be controlled or suppressed, I and and learning about how a homeopathic remedy helps our body to clear these symptoms. I thought that that meant that, you know, let's say um, I had anger issues. I thought that it meant that that meant, you know, I had to take a remedy that would make me really, really angry so that I would clear those symptoms. But it, it yeah. doesn't work that way. It's it's much more gentle in that it's um, the body's. Um, the, the, our system sort of gets stuck in um, with a certain symptom picture. And with um, homeopathy, it's, it's just a little gentle nudge or a signal for your system to move um, in a different direction. Um, and that you, you find over time in your experience of taking a remedy, that those symptoms that you were once stuck with, like that those anger symptoms that you were once stuck with, they just they just ease and they relax over time. And um, it's again, it's not as if they have to like fully explode or mm -hmm. or blow up in order to clear. Versus the opposite of of uh, conventional medication, which is just trying to put a lid on, on that anger. Um, and so actually what happens is that over time it does build up and, and you do yeah. explode. Um, when there's also in homeopathy, I'm, I'm reminded of um, some, again, a, something I encountered early on is that many homeopaths would often see that a child who maybe has eczema, mm. um, you know, at a young age and receives some sort of like suppressive medication, like a cream over the, the eczema, 
um, that then the um, eczema goes away, but then they start having like severe like throat infections or ear infections. And, um, and so then they go to the doctor and they um, start receiving medications, antibiotics that will suppress the ear infections and the throat infections and, the, and those go away. Um, and then the a uh, few years later, the child is having anxiety issues or anger issues because you keep sort of pushing the symptoms deeper into the system. Um, and so maybe when um, the child receives homeopathic treatment, there might be like a small reoccurrence of that uh, throat infection or the eczema might have to reappear for, but it would just be like for like a day or two, you know, it's not as if it's yeah. going to be like some raging attack. It's, it's just like, now there's something different happening in the system that's helping the body to subtly let go of these things that it's been holding on to. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of read my mind because I was going to ask you about retracing because I um, came across this really interesting case. Um, somebody uh, essentially was using a nasal spray, um, you know, for chronic sinusitis and um, they would use it when they had like an acute flare up. And when they had a well-matched remedy for them, basically it was as if the body remembered every time that she had suppressed it. So it was like, let's say like five times she suppressed these sinusitis symptoms when they were acute or really, really, you know, knocking on her door, the remedy retraced it five times, just a little bit. Like you said, it wasn't like a raging, you know, sinus infection, but it was like, she had to go through the five layers that she had suppressed and I find that so interesting that there's evidence now that the body really remembers all of that. And, you know, it's, it's trying to adapt to that and keep you alive the best that it can. So like you said, it gets in this stuck state where, you know, it's like, all right, well, we, we don't know how to figure this out anymore. We're just going to, you know, move you over from an acute sinus infection to a low grade chronic sinus issue. And so then you get a remedy and it's like, oh, okay, we have enough life force now to really get through this stuck energy and move it. And it's like the, the temptation is even with homeopathic care is like, oh, let me go to the sinus spray. I, I don't want to feel the symptom. It's like, no, just, just get through that couple of days because on the other side of that is like having, never having to use that spray again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's a that's a great example. And um, yeah, I I I think that um, you know what I have often seen with patients as well is that it because as you mentioned, it is there is a reliance on medication and pharmaceutical medication um, in our country. You know, that's sort of just like the default of where people go in terms of, you know, trying to, you know, get through whatever illness or um, disorder they have um, is that, how, you know, how well homeopathy can work. And I, I you know, mentioned this earlier, how well homeopathy can work in conjunction with those medications as you are like slowly tapering off because... I think that if, if, you know, you had a patient that you, that was on and, you know, several of the patients I work with are on several medications. So most of them aren't just usually on one medication that each of those medications requires their own tapering process, Oh, definitely. you know, and, and that it could be a shock to the system, um, that if you, you know, started on the homeopathic treatment and then just dropped all of the oh, yeah. other medications. And yeah. so, um, so what we see is that over time, people are able to slowly reduce, you know, the other medications that they're on. Um, and maybe in a way, you know, that is a bridge to them as they move towards this place of um, more natural treatment through homeopathy. You know, maybe it's um, it helps support them, 
you know, slowly and gently, um, you know, towards a, a place of more whole health. And then you often find at the end of it that the patient isn't, you know, on any of these medications right. that they were on before, and they're in such a great state of health. And, you know, the, but I do think, I think there's probably areas of the country um, where, you know, homeopathy and natural medicine and, and areas of the world are just such part of the culture that people turn there first, right? And, mm -hmm. or when they're ready to turn to homeopathy, there's like an implicit trust of homeopathic medications, you know, and then there's other parts of the country where uh, homeopathy is like a big experiment. And it's something yeah. that they're like, you know, maybe a friend or family member has told someone about homeopathy and they're trying it for the first time. You know, I'm thinking of a, a, a patient that I worked with who she um, was a COVID long hauler and she was on uh, migraine medication and um, and she was on like two or three other medications as well for separate issues. Um, and, um, it, and homeopathy was like a big experiment for her, you know, and if I would have said, well, you know, our goal is to get you off all of these other oh, medications, yeah. she would have said, no, no way. Like I'm not even, if that's our goal, then forget about it. You oh know? yeah, and, absolutely. Um, and so I think that's a gift that homeopathy gives us in a way is that mm -hmm. you can say to someone like you can stay on your other medications, you know, and, and you and I know that it's the remedy is acting on this like deeper level and it is bringing about like transformational curative change. Um, and, and that that's, and then that's when you get the, real fans of homeopathy is when like a few years later, they're like, oh, I'm not even on a homeopathic remedy anymore. I'm like, you know, it's just me and my body and my life force, like standing on its own. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I totally agree with you. And you know, the, the case with the, the sinus problem, it was, it's more of like, what I see too, is that there's a lot of people who are familiar with natural medicine. They're not even on pharmaceuticals and things like that, but they're used to like the crutch of like the essential oil nasal spray that masks the symptom or, you know, the, the, um, the clove oil for their toothache, you know, things like that, that are natural, but they're masking the symptom and they're kind of pushing the infection, um, to, to try to adapt that to this, um, essential oil that's killing off the bacteria things like that is, is, has been interesting too, to be like, you know, maybe don't always reach for that and, and let the body express because it's trying to heal with your remedy is, I don't know if you've seen that in practice too, where it's like, you know, the people that are coming in that there are very gung-ho on the natural, but they're, they're still kind of trying to, to mask the symptom and, and things like that. And, and of course, homeopathy works along with that, but sometimes it can be kind of a, um, of something that can get in the way of the remedy acting, especially things like tea tree, oil, tea tree oil, which can antidote and interfere with the remedy, um, the essential oils, things like that, that people kind of see as benign, but it can actually disturb the body further in a way. And I don't think a lot of people are aware of that, 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 you know, the natural, some of the natural things can still act as kind of a disturbance in the healing process. It's something that I had to learn for sure, because I, I was very, you know, I had my oil kit and um, I just would automatically, without thinking about it, you know, when I had something wrong with like a tooth to just swish with this oil or, you know, to just um, mask whatever, um, with, um, you know, a lot of ginger for my stomach ache or, or something like that, where it's like, it's amazing as like a, you know, an ally and a helper, but it's, it's, there's a misconception that these natural treatments are getting to the root of it. Do you know what I mean? There's like a, a misconception that those kind of natural alternatives are actually fixing the issue and they're kind of just masking it in a similar way to a pharmaceutical just with less side effects yeah yeah um 
And, and, you know, it's interesting because having that, uh, the essential oil one is a good conversation to have like with the patient and be, and there are some patients I'm thinking of like two patients that I have one who like for her to give up her essential oils, I I think she would have stopped coming to me as a homeopath, you know, and the other was like, oh yeah, sure. I see that. That makes sense. And so I do think, you know, it is it's a, it's a healing journey for people, you know, and I think with, um, you know, one of the things that my supervisor really has stressed with me, you know, I can think of like another patient where I thought, man, if this patient like stopped this particular treatment, she would be so better off. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and my, you know, my supervisor really helped me to understand like that we're trying, you know, you have to meet people where they're at and, mm-hmm. and walk them through this process. And, Absolutely. um, and, and that, and, um, and that, then it becomes like a discussion of what are their goals? You know, what, right. what are their goals for healing long-term? What are their goals for how they want to, um, approach life and, uh, ap- approach their healing journey. And I, and I think with each patient, you're meeting them at like a different place in that journey. Um, totally. yeah. And, and trying to help, you know, understand like, you know, how can I best support this person in, in becoming whole? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just something where, um, I've encountered people just, they, they have no idea and they, they don't know. And, um, it's, it's cool when, you know, automatically a lot of times with the support of the remedy, they just find themselves reaching for it last too. And Absolutely. It's like a natural thing. And that's something that I, I really love about the use of remedies is, you know, I, I also use muscle testing and things like that in my practice because I'm always trying to tap into what their body actually wants. Because the other thing that I think is is important is that there are never any blanket statements on what's good for everybody and what's not good for everybody. And so I love when the body can just tell us what it wants, what it needs, what potency does it need, how often, uh, what foods are working for you right now, what foods aren't. Um, do you need that essential oil or, or do you not? And it's cool when people can learn how to do something like muscle testing where they can just ask their body what it wants and needs and can get really in tune with themselves. And I think that that's what the homeopathic intake process does too, is it makes people a lot more self-aware of what they're, they're going through and they start to really think about it and they start to be more in tune with themselves. And I think that that's such a beautiful thing to watch and witness in people and a gift to give people the gift of, you know, feeling empowered and, and self-aware in themselves and that they are, they're really in the driver's seat in this healing journey. And it's going to have ups and downs and twists and turns. And, 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 and it's going to be a really beautiful process that they get to go through. Yeah. When that, um, it, brings to mind I think you and I both share an interest in the spiritual aspects of homeopathy and how homeopathy um links to one's spiritual journey and and you know the the many of the spiritual traditions focus on self-examination and mm-hmm. they focus on these questions of of who am I and why am I here? And, and what is my place in the world? And, you know, how do I understand the world around me? And, um, and I absolutely, like you were just saying that that's the, one of the great gifts of, of the homeopathic intake is that it is an exploration of who you are as a person. It is, you know, in the same way with this, this, you know, nine-year-old boy, like who, who I was working with, you know, who, you know, it, it is, yes, his symptom of, of, um, attention and concentration. And then there's also this like beautiful expression of like, I just, I want to be a good student. I really desire to be a good student, you know? And, and so it's these conversations about your values and, you know, what's important to you. And, and that's, 
you know, that's what helps make a good remedy match. Mm -hmm. um, and then that's also like this whole side benefit of, of homeopathy of self-discovery and self-examination. And, and I think that process is a baseline for, you know, the, these sort of, let's call them like spiritual questions of, of, you know, what is my place in the world? Um, and, and I think it really, it, for me, I know it's been significantly helpful um, in my own self-examination of my life. Um, and the other, the other side of it is that, um, you know, if you sort of look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, you know, if, if you're, if you've got a constant ache in your right knee, you know, or you uh, have like constant like disturbances in your gut, it's a lot harder to like take time and energy and think about a more spiritual question. You know, mm -hmm. like you're less worried about your place in the world. Your knee hurts all the time. And um, the, you know, it, when we can free people from pain and free people from emotional disturbances, it frees up energy for them to explore these questions and to expand their awareness that, that, that they, you know, might not otherwise be able to spend time on. Yeah, it's interesting. I see a polarity a lot where they either, the pain shuts down that process or the pain can make one obsessive about the process. Cause I don't know if you've seen that too, uh, where if somebody has an illness, they can become almost like way too introspective and obsessive about their spiritual journey and getting it right and evolving in an attempt to be free of the pain as well, of like a preoccupation with getting this life right and perfect and um, digging to the, the deepest depths um, of emotions and past trauma to try to free themselves of the pain that that can also be a loop that they get stuck in. It's interesting that both sides can express, um, you know, as, as things always tend to do, even with remedies, they're either, you know, very neat or very messy within the same remedy, <laughs> same polarity, you know? And um, it's, it's like they're, they're as um, I've been on my own journey, I've found that when I'm more in balance, my perspective on that is more balanced. You know, it's, it's like there, there's a level of introspection and I love meditation and, and, um, understanding my past, but it doesn't become like my life, if that makes sense. Um, and it's, it's interesting how even the good things like, like spirituality can be out of balance in people, you know, I'm thinking about, um, remedies like helium or hydrogen that are so into meditation, so up in space because the body is a painful place to be that their body's way of adapting is to kind of dissociate in meditation, things like that. Um, that's kind of what we call like the hydrogen or the helium state, which, um, the remedy will actually help bring them ground them and bring them back into the body. And, and, um, it's, it's just a beautiful thing that we all express our illness so differently and where we're out of balance for one person is total opposite. But in the end, homeopathy really does bring you back to yourself and what balances for you and what you need. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm curious um, if you're willing to share some of your spiritual journey and how homeopathy has kind of helped shape it for you. I'd love to get into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think, I think it's probably more on the, um, for me, it's um, been the idea of trying to um let go of some of the, um, the more painful experiences mm -hmm. that, um, uh, have maybe kept me in, um, like more, 
like less connected to the spiritual side of myself. So more, yeah. you know, being more like tied down by physical and emotional pain that then yeah. maybe because I'm tied down by that, I, um, I'm less able to connect with maybe the, some of the, the more spaciousness that one can find in sort of a meditative sitting or in a, in a spiritual awareness. So that's been the end of my journey. And then I, I also think like about the, the, the piece about, um, just seeing myself, you know, that I think mm-hmm. that, you know, as I'm, examining myself for like a symptom I'm starting to gain some objectivity about like what I'm going through and um it allows me to maybe be less identified with a particular um a particular ailment within myself or a particular way of looking at things um I also think like a big thing for me you know now having seeing patients and working with people is adapting and understanding like a more universal mindset of, you know, there's not anyone in the world who's got it all figured out. And we're all like suffering (laughs) from some level of illness or ailment. And, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that, uh, you know, we sort of have this common human experience of really all trying. I, I, I really think you know, and this actually, you know, this is a little less on homeopathy, but when we traveled the world for a year, you know, I think one of the things that our whole family saw is that, like, people are people across, like, the whole globe, you know, and it's so cliche to say, I know, but I think we ran into, like, a, like, for, we were gone literally 365 days, and And I think we ran into like one bad dude, the whole 365 days, you know, one person who I thought was really like, just, you know, not very nice in an extreme way, you know, and, and, and what you see is that people all kind of have like the same, you know, desires and needs and, um, and goals, and that most people out there are trying to do a good job in life, and they're trying to be kind, Mm -hmm. you know, that maybe they get derailed, um, in those pursuits. Um, and so I think, you know, combine that with then seeing patients and talking with people about what ails them. Um, you know, so in that way, you know, from this, the spiritual side of it, it helps me to connect with, you know, humanity a little bit more, be more empathetic and more compassionate and, um, it wants it, you know, it, like I, like I have a patient that I'm working with right now and he's like, you know, in his mid forties and he's a dad and, you know, his, one of his struggles is that like, he has so much pain that like when his kids like crawl all over him, like he gets really irritable and, and, um, doesn't, and kind of pushes them off, but that's not what he wants. Like what he wants is to like be there, for his kids and have fun and rumble and tumble around, but he can't do that because he's limited by his pain. And so it, you know, it, it creates in me this desire to like help and to relieve some of the suffering of, of humanity. And for me, that feels like something that's connected to like a higher purpose. I completely agree. And I think through hearing so many people's stories, it makes you realize we really are not alone at all. And even some of our deepest traumas and things we've experienced that we feel alone in or that, you know, don't feel common or we feel like people can't relate to that or they haven't gone through that. It's like the the things that people don't share with others that they have gone through um, it's, it's crazy because, you know, there, there is a lot of commonality and trauma too that people experience that really kind of blew me away as I was hearing patients talk about their lives is that a lot of us have been through a lot of stuff. And if we could just be more open with each other in real life, you know, out of the clinical setting and be more vulnerable and connect in that way that a lot of healing could come through that just in personal relationships too, our friends, you know, and our family. And I think that that's something that homeopathy really taught me too, is that 
there's no reason to feel like othered or um and that a lot of people feel othered <laughs> yeah and it's a common experience and one that we could connect on if if we kind of like i wish everybody could see humanity as we do because we see the commonalities and we see the shared experiences that we could be connecting on absolutely absolutely well, I think that's a good place to end it, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you so much for being on. Please um, share where people can find you. Yeah. So um, my website is um, www.risingsun-wellness.com. And I can be reached at email is A-S-T-I-N-E-R at risingsun-wellness.com. Um, and I'm happy to give out my telephone number. It's 602-349-7603. So call me or text me um, and I'd be happy to talk. Uh, just jam about homeopathy or help people through their acute illness or their, you know, chronic illness or whatever people need support. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to engage and help. Beautiful. Well, I'll put that in the show notes as well. And uh, thank you again for being on. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure. I really enjoyed talking with you.